what I loved about the book and I thought was sort of exciting about the movie was this was the family as a kind of microcosm of the culture in some way, this sort of that line of Murray's that family's the cradle of the world's mis- misinformation. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode, an American family attempts to deal with a cataclysmic event in director Noah Baumbach's apocalyptic black comedy, White Noise. Baumbach's film unveils the story of Jack Gladney, his wife Babette, and their family, who must grapple with the universal mysteries of love, death, and happiness in an uncertain world after their lives are upended by a catastrophic train accident that spreads chemical waste over their town. In addition to White Noise, Baumbach's other directorial credits include the feature films Marriage Story, The Meyerwitz Stories, New and Selected, Mistress America, Francis Ha, and Kicking and Screaming. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Baumbach spoke with director Todd Field about filming White Noise. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. I'm really nervous. Um, it's hard to be the one asking the questions. It's well, it's, it's that, but it's also, I'm, I'm just, I've written Noah a lot of fan mail over the years. Um, you know, I'm just a huge admirer of his work, and um, I am kind of nervous to be sitting here right now. Um, so... Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read your bio because everybody knows you. Um, I. I thought maybe we would start since we're at the DGA. If you just might be able to just for a moment talk about your team, your DGA team on this, and um, I know that this has been. Uh, this film has a very particular scope to it, um, and I imagine that your team uh, had some challenges and 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 was probably larger than than normal. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, although we tried to sort of, or I tried to keep it sort of in the mold that I was accustomed to, which is a sort of smaller thing. So it was, it was, I, I sort of, because because in a, in a funny way, I didn't really realize it was going to be bigger because I sort of worked on the adaptation and 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 I think because I've only worked from my own ideas before my own you know sort of original ideas before. I, I've never been that surprised by the scope of it, but this one because I was sort of adapting the book, and I was sort of, and then it became kind of a kind of personal thing, and I was working on it, and then I I sort of realized like there's actually all these things I'm going to have to do, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I I hadn't, um, and so yeah, it was it was it was a it was it was a great group though. I mean I. I DGA wise, I mean, a, a uh, great AD Jonas Spacratelli was AD, and um, a great production designer Jess Goncher, Lowell Crawley shot it, Ann Roth, you know, and so uh, we all kind of in prep met a lot, and sort of I tried to really kind of involve everybody with each other, which is always kind of a challenge on a movie is to get everybody to all the departments to actually sort of talk to each other a lot and and 
but but then yeah, it was all there were there's sort of challenges that that I hadn't had in 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 other movies like putting a car in a lake and things like that. I, I mean, you have a film family. You work enough to where you have a film family, um, I, and there, you had continuity in this in in many departments, right? In, in some, but I, there there were new people too in this one. Um, I mean, Ann Roth I'd worked with before. Uh, Jess Goncher, I, I, the production designer, I'd not worked with. Greta had worked with on Little Women, and and I admired him. I'd wanted to work with him for a while, and so I was very excited to work with him. But yeah, I mean, in in you know, sort of generally, there's sort of a core that sort of comes along from each one. But the, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's that it's that thing. It's it's great to have that you know, sort of secret language that you start to develop with people. But then it's also always good to try to work, you know, have to explain yourself anew to people, you know, and, and have to like, and, and on this one, because it was sort of a new thing too, it was, it, it didn't, it, you know, it, it sort of felt right to bring in sort of new, new people too in some places. So, I mean, you have these themes of rampant consumerism, media saturation, human-made disasters, I was struck when I saw uh, your film the first time um, uh, around the New York Film Festival, which is it, it feels like there's a through line in this with some of your other work, certainly, you know, having to do with family. Would that be a fair assumption? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought of the family, yeah, I mean, and, 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 I mean, something that I, that, that, that's in a lot of my other movies is sort of, I, I mean, sort of personal mythologies and persona and our ideas of ourselves versus how the world, you know, you know, when it, when that comes in contact with the real world, you know, and sort of, is that, is that really who I am or is who I was thought I was or I was told I was and family mythologies and, and, uh, you know, what our parents have told us and, what we start to then discover for ourselves. And I thought what I loved about the book and I thought was sort of exciting about the movie was this, was the family as a kind of microcosm of the culture in some way, this sort of this, that line of Murray's that family's the cradle of the world's misinformation. And, and that, that, um, you know, that, that there was this sort of, what is it? The heat of being that Greta says that, that, that this, these facts that are sort of thrown around every day in the you know kitchen and the, at the breakfast table, and who knows if they're true anymore? It doesn't even it starts to not even matter, and you know. But then you you also kind of want to believe it, and then you have the the sort of more the deeper things, the sort of Jack Babette stuff, where it's it's you know his idea of her and his idea of how the you know he thinks his family is how he thinks his life is and it's very different obviously from what he has sort of imagined yeah, there is that there's that sort of question cycle the obsession of who's going to die first between the two of them that um i mean the other thing that, that struck me was um you often write characters um that have very noisy minds you know uh, they're very bright uh they're very kinetic and they they have um the ability um to turn a phrase um and and so it's funny because if, if you'd written, if you've never if you'd never read uh, Delillo and I, and you just said well Noah wrote this original crazy insane piece I would believe it you know I could see that you, that you must have felt really uh, I can see why you were attracted to the book you, you felt that there was a certain kinship 
in, in terms of the language, certainly, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I remember feeling it when I read it as a teenager, like feeling very kind of connected to the language. And, the, and then when I reread it, you know, now at the age of Jack Gladney, or, I was sort of, I, I, I kind of couldn't believe how much it seemed to be, I mean, certainly thematically speaking to the moment, but but even tone-wise, just sort of speaking to that that feeling of the world when the world, you know, that, that happens so often where it's sort of like, it's familiar but not familiar. Like I know this, but why does it feel different today? You know, and and that's always been compelling to me. It just, I mean, I think, I mean, I've explored it in other ways in my movies, but I was very drawn to that kind of elevated, sort of a few feet off the ground reality that he, you know, he captures in his book, and 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 I. Particularly, I, I sort of ended when I was rereading it. It was the beginning of the pandemic, and I it also coincided with the time when I didn't just for the first time really in my I think really my certainly grown up career where I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I didn't have another idea that was that seemed ready or, or and that it, it it was a way of expressing how I felt about the moment. Yeah, I, I could. I, I, that makes a lot of sense, and and also um, it would take a certain amount of courage to undertake this, and probably uh, being in the kind of situation with the pandemic and thinking, is there going to be a world with movies? Is there going to be a world where we where we where we can buy toilet paper? It suddenly, comes home to roost, you know. Right. Then you then then you you don't actually have to be brave because you think no one's ever. This is never no going to see anyway. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was in London, uh, I think, two days ago, and uh, ostensibly I was supposed to be speaking to Robbie Collin, the chief film critic at the Daily Telegraph, about um, something else. But we found ourselves only talking about white noise um, and how much we both admire it. And one of the things that that Robbie had said uh, in conversation with you is that you had mentioned that in terms of the different chapters, in terms of the different breaks in the film, that you had pursued a certain kind of stylistic uh, decision on that. Uh, I, I won't speak for you or for him. Um, perhaps you could talk about that a little bit. Um, well, I think what he's referring I, I Well, I, I, I mean, I, I saw the sort of sections quite specifically in that the first part is, or, it's, or I, sh- I guess I should say is how I read the book, but it, it, that the first part is a kind of depiction of our you know, our daily rituals, that there are our routines, the strategies that we are both complicit in and also victim of and are, you know, in our, and, and how these can provide real joy and real pleasure and real beauty in our lives and also can also be defense mechanisms and barriers, but, you know, for ourselves from deeper sort of understanding of the world and in the case of this movie, you know, sort of our own dealing with our mortality and that the second section is really about, you know, death coming for us and it's here it is and you can touch it, you can see it, you've been exposed to it. Um, In Jack's case, you've been told that it will happen someday. And then in the third section, it's like now we're going back 
to the supermarket again? And can we do the same things again with the same pleasure and the same, you know, the same feeling knowing now what we know? And that was always sort of exciting to me about, about sort of the project. And it was, it was, it was, and also what felt so much about what we were going through. I mean, I was, I was writing it in, in the thick of the pandemic and didn't even know what part three was going to, I still don't really know what part three is, but I don't think any of us do, but so, yeah, I, I mean, stylistically, I mean, there were many things, but I mean, I, I certainly in terms of the camera, I mean, in the first part, I felt like, well, the camera essentially goes with the characters, you know, it, it's, it follows them where they go and, uh, they move a lot, so it moves, but it, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's sort of enabling this sense that we have control of our own destiny and our own, you know. I want, I would just interrupt you for a minute, about, just so I don't forget, which is the, the first part that you're, that you're referring to in that movement, that the choreography of that. Mm-hmm. I was struck hearing you talk in New York where you said, uh, where you talked about how you were blocking, and it was so smart. It was such a, it was like a revelation of, oh, you know, of course, you know, because it's between your, between your camera blocking and between what you're doing with the actors, just in that first kitchen scene, it's like a heart attack, you know, <laughs> just the, the amount of, uh, of specificity in terms of the execution for the acting and for the camera and, and, and for the score physical actions of everyone is mind blowing. Could you just talk a moment about, uh, about how you approach that scene? Yeah, I mean that was because it's essentially the first big scene in the movie is the is the kitchen, and I work with the same choreographer who uh, throughout the whole movie who did did the the dance sequence at the end, David Newman, and and so and you know we've just come through a lecture about car crashes and about collisions, and I we felt like, well, well, here's these this family in this sort of routine, and they're going through, and it's these near collisions, these near misses, and they're kind of just avoiding and moving around each other. And and on one hand, it's it, it's it's a family life. It's what we all do. It's the you know we all know. And I rehearse the actors in a way in in the space too, so they would know where. Like, um, I mean, we certainly blocked the sequence to the camera, but also in the rehearsal before we even got to sort of setting it, it was like, well, you, where are your, you know, what glass do you get? What do you get? What are you making? What's your breakfast? You know, you know, Heinrich has cereal, Steffi has, uh, you know, is making a sandwich. So, so each one knew what they were doing. And so it's working on both on a, on a kind of human level. And in terms of the actors, they know what they're doing and it feels very specific. But also we're creating this sort of dance in a way, you know, between them. And, and you're getting a lot of information out of that scene that you're, uh, it's forcing you to pay attention in a particular way leading up to the pill. Right. Um, I also want to ask you, um, it looks like you shot this in anamorphic, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it must, your, your first AC must have been going out of his mind or her mind. Um, it must have been very, very challenging, no? Yeah, well, it did that yeah, that was also part of the, in in terms of the blocking and and we spent we, we rehearsed a long time and we we I mean I it was a month of rehearsal in in Ohio and on, in in the locations and then also with the camera team too so that we would sort of have at least a 
a good chance of getting, uh, yeah, fighting chance of getting it. <laughs> um, the Boy Scout camp. This is just amazing. Uh, it just, it's, it, it's like an entire epic in it. In, 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 contained in itself, you know, um, from the setup from when they arrive to to uh, the departure of the car and and that wide shot that again goes back into that into her into that white pill, which is just an insane uh, piece of photography. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, did they do a Coen Brothers? Was he backwinding the camera? Did he pull back from it? How did you do that shot? It's incredible. Um, yeah, with difficulty. We, we, um, we, yeah, we did, we did, it was many takes and it was, it involved, it was on a sort of, it was on a crane, you know, a head and, and, uh, but as we moved in, they had to keep removing all the beds and things and people were on them. So they'd have to like, uh, move them so all the way. And I was, but that was sort of to going to your, what you were saying about the, in in that section, the camera starts to take on a life that, as 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 the illusion that we control our own destiny and that we're all sort of you know shattered, the camera starts to behave in a different way. And and I was thinking, you know, it was something we thought about as sort of like sort of a visual white noise. Uh, you know that you you know if, if if white noise is essentially many sounds you know that creates a kind of cacophony and it's sort of uh this was you know to do a wide shot and then make it a close-up you know so that it was you know you get everything and then you go all the way in and then it's 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 just that but it was i, I was inspired actually by um that shot notorious the hitchcock movie you know that the the, the where there's a high shot of the party and you go down and it's, it goes down to the key in Ingrid Bergman's hand. And he did a couple of young and innocent has one too. That's really amazing. But with these like essentially, you know, going from a wide to, and, and so that was, it was fun. Those are things that are also kind of like, you know, when you're making the, everybody gets Everyone's into cheering. Everyone gets into get it, doing yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, Oh, and then one thing goes off or there's a buzz here or the thing, you know, where they, didn't you know? And and you know, and there's the one that is blown immediately, and then there's the one that almost gets there, and then when you get it, everybody's so, you know, happy. And it, th- those are those are kind of you know, exciting times on a on a movie set. So I'm so you um, going back to the idea of of sort of um, having this continuity with your work. I mean, clearly you've had a very rich collaboration with Greta Gerwig. Um, and you had a very rich collaboration with Adam Driver, um, and you have uh, Don Cheadle is you know uh, a very very wonderful and an important part of this. But you have a lot of new cast as well. You work with Doug Abel exclusively, right? Haven't you always worked with him? Or mainly? pretty much, I've worked with Francine Maisler also out here because when I've done sort of more LA centric things, I've worked with her. So what was it, was it a long process to to build the family and to build the brother and sister? I mean, they really are brother and sister, are they not? One of them, yeah, two of them are brother and sister, and then and then Rafi is not related. But um, yeah, that was uh, and then COVID, so it was all initially on Zoom and sort of callbacks with groups of kids and, and boxes and everything. It's it hard, um, but. 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's always a challenge with kids, you know, just to find, you know, to find them and you, you're always so good. taking a leap of faith, but th this group was fantastic. And, you know, they, they were, I, I, I sort of, my idea for them was that they were like a radio that was turned on the beginning of the movie and then they were just on the whole way whether they were in the scene or not they were just talking somewhere and then it would come back you know whenever they come in they're still just having some version of the same conversation and you know i they were just a pleasure and they really worked hard and you know could do all the things i mean they did all the choreography they knew all their lines they you know, it was just, it was really kind of the best thing and also remain kids at the same time it was they were never too perfect which is sort of what you want yeah now you so you so you start you begin writing you finish the script when i mean it seems like you, this went fast right yeah it, it did kind of go fast i guess i mean i i yeah i i, I started writing it i guess at the beginning of 2020 and and i guess we're shooting it in I don't know when are we doing it 2021 <laughs> yeah yeah um and, and when did and when did you finish uh post after Venice <laughs> after really? the Venice Film Festival <laughs> after the New York Film I mean I I was I was sort of rolling through finishing during that but I mean we got it pretty much done but we were still finishing man we're when still alive finish? yeah when did you <laughs> when did you finish kind of post? the same yeah, yeah. no we finished uh, we finished uh, yeah we finished a few weeks before Venice. Yeah. yeah. I have to ask you, so um, do you feel like, I mean, you're much younger than I am. Um, Not much. I know you're quite a bit younger than me and, and much more prolific. Um, I mean, you'd already made several films, I think, when I, when I met you, and I met you here in like 1998 on this stage. Um, uh, do you feel like, um, aside from White Noise, which is a gigantic um, uh, stylistic piece of contrast in terms of your other work even though thematically it ties into right. everything else looking at a lot of your other work it feels like you're always experimenting you're trying different things um but still thematically there there's this sort of essence you know um do you when you're working on material when when you're at the script stage are you already visualizing exactly what you want to do or is, or is that something that, that you start to find um, after you finish the script? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of both in a way. I don't know how you feel. I mean, I, I, I think when I'm, when I'm writing, I have, I see it in a certain way, but I, and in some cases I'll think, oh, this would be an interesting way to do it. And I might kind of write it in that direction, but I, I, I do. What often happens is when I'm done with the script and I start to then think about maybe with the with the DP or production designer or whoever I'm sort of talking to first, I kind of approach reapproach the script in a way that's sort of split from the writer. I mean, it's it's, it's and I. And I, I kind of riff on it visually and then go through it and think like, well, this could be an interesting way to do this and then do this and this. this. And it's kind of already been there because I've written it and obviously I've been in the headspace of it. But it's a kind of articulation of things that maybe weren't spoken yet. 
often in terms of the the shots themselves. They're not so often surprising to me, I guess, but they're maybe the first time I've said it, you know, <laughs> like, um, so. And do you, so do you, um, you do extensive rehearsals with your cast. So do you, cam- are you camera blocking when you're doing that? Are, are you trying to find it in rehearsal or you, it, it, or does it depend? Or do you typically have an idea in mind and, and try to sort of, manage them into into whatever that idea is it can go both ways i think off sometimes i will like in in the case of this move in white noise with the kitchen it was sort of partly like experimenting with the actors in the space and of like you go here and here but at the same time you know there's the story that you're telling of the pill and wanting to well how are we going to show that and you know and each person and knowing that the dialogue was going to overlap a lot too and be kind of almost its own music in a way and so so there was a bit there's also a bit of sort of engineering them towards what what I want to accomplish but but they helped me figure that out too it's not like oh i think well it has to go this way and you have to be over here it's more like i i know i want a lot of movement and i want you to you know and so and part of it is also taking the sort of this this i guess the dialogue story of the scene and sort of saying well okay well you're gonna start here and you're gonna hear and if you're gonna say that you're gonna have to be over here and you know so it, it, it kind of takes on its own thing i mean i tend to write in all my movies i have a lot of dialogue usually i i always start thinking like this one i'm gonna really just be very spare <laughs> and, uh, and then it's just they all just keep talking and and so i do like the the find not just visually i mean visually it's more interesting to have movement and things generally but also i do find for the actors that actually the physical helps the verbal too. It sort of, it makes it, and, and often, and the more I do this, the more I find actually physical stuff is often the better direction even than saying, try it angry or sad or, or say that line, you know, uh, you know, go up on that line or whatever. But uh, it's more like, you know, maybe you should stand up, you know, and, and I do find that actually, uh, it sort of accomplishes a lot and and so with this one too because movement and the the white noise the movement the thing of of, of this sort of they were all really in concert with each other so it was sort of it 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 kind of all you know came as one piece but i know it's interesting i mean do when you were writing do you think do are you thinking of shots very specifically sometimes yeah, I mean, sometimes I know exactly what it is, um, and sometimes I, I know that exactly what it is is that I don't know exactly what it is, right. and that it must be found through a rehearsal, you know. But I've been thinking specifically, like the first day of school, you know, and Adam's coming up there, and there's so many perfect, perfect bits. It's like watching the first pool scene in I Am Cuba, you know. It's like there's no extras. Everybody, all those people that you have there are all doing things, and the cameras all. Pay, is coming through it and paying attention to it in a very specific manner. Mm-hmm. How long did it, I mean, that must have, I mean, this is new ground, right? I mean, I mean, you were dealing with a huge amount of humanity on, on this film. Did it ever feel overwhelming where you're just like, holy, 
moly, what am I going to do with all these people? Well, with the, with, the, with, the, with the school in the beginning, those were all real families that I cast. And, 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 I, and we, I gave them these little dialogues and scenarios. And then it was, we were going to kind of like knowing we'd move through them and sort of, you know, so it was both very, very choreographed and then also knowing with all those people and all the things that it was going to be a little bit different every time. So it was a lot of like, it, it was actually something I, my first movie kicking and screaming, I had designed, I had an idea of something, I, of, of like something like this of sort of kids saying goodbye to their parents at school. And I shot it in a very, very poor way and it didn't it wasn't it didn't work at all and so I thought actually when I was doing this I thought oh well this would be a way to maybe now I could do this better so in a way it's it was sort of like the opening of kicking and screaming that I didn't shoot well that must have been very satisfying (laughs) it was privately satisfying I didn't really tell anybody that but I it was it was uh but yeah it was it was sort of like I I well it's good to know that I now have gotten better yeah I know, I know we have to finish up, but I, I want to, there's, but I just want to talk again. I want to go back to the camp if we can, just for a moment. Yeah. Um, when all hell breaks loose. I mean, that's just the most beautiful piece of, of, of choreography. Um, how'd you do it? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it was actually kind of fun. It was fun to do it. It was, I mean, it was again, very, it was both choreographed with the choreographer and with the stunt team. And so the stunt, team had very clear idea uh, you know clear sort of things and it became kind of an obstacle course for them and and uh, you it just know. kept seeming like someone's going to get hurt i i uh, it <laughs> you know, like did really does. like seriously it felt like adam was like really going to get hurt <laughs> i know I, when i when i when, when we watched when i watched it or when i cut it i really i had that feeling too but actually shooting it it felt it was actually quite um it was sort of like fun and everything felt very um, you know, everybody enjoyed it. Like the kids just kept like wanting to do it over and over again. Uh, and, uh, but it, it, yeah, it did have that. I mean, I was, I, 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 I liked doing that. I mean, it was, it was, I, I actually thought like, oh, this is a day that's going to be a real, you know, or a few days that I thought going into it that I wasn't, you know, those days where you're like, oh, this is, well, we just got to get through this and it'll be good in the movie, but I don't, you know, and, but I actually, it was quite enjoyable. Um, everybody, you know, and and then and it was sort of set up to be, you know, the, the way it was sort of designed. It would be wider, and you kind of see everything, and it's going. And then when he goes back, it's very much in his own. He has to go back for the the stuffed animal. It's it's all like kind of very much in him, and he's you know, um, and it was fun to do. <laughs> Um, well, it was fun to watch, um, and I'd like to see it again. And um, I wish we could um, continue this conversation. I hope to con- continue this conversation with you um, later. Um, but that's they're they're giving us the hook. Um, um, thank you for coming. And, thank you, for, uh, thank you, Todd. Thank you for coming. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q and A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America.